Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Divi Chat. This is a special episode, episode 50. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Divi Chat's a weekly podcast that uh, some of the brightest Divi minds from all around the world come on the show to discuss WordPress and Divi. Uh, and we don't just cover technical topics. We cover business topics, marketing topics, um, web design. So this week we've got a really good topic that I think will benefit a lot of listeners and viewers, the value of customer feedback. But before we dive off into that topic, let's meet this super awesome panel that we have tonight. And I'm going to start with ladies first, Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah Oates from Endure Web Studios here from Australia. I live in Canberra, giving you more information tonight just because I can. Canberra is the capital of Australia, even though you think it is Sydney. It's not. <laughs> well, I'm glad you educated me because I didn't know Canberra was wasn't the was the capital of Australia. It is. So. It's three and a half hours south of Sydney, but Sydney is by far the most known city in Australia. Welcome to your geography lesson for the day. Well, we are super excited to have you here. I'm so glad you're here, Corey. Go Astros. I mean Dodgers. Yeah, you better watch it, David. I'm just kidding. Uh, Corey Jenkins, uh, thanks for choosing me second because I forgot to, hadn't done my lower third yet, so I got that in. Um, AspenGroveStudios.com, Divi.space, obviously a, uh, a Divi enthusiast, love WordPress, been working in it for a long time, coming at you from beautiful Mile High, Prescott, Arizona. Boom, so glad to have you here, Corey. I seem like I just chatted with you a short bit ago. Yeah, so. I was just, yeah. It seems like I see you like 20 times a day. That's right. Hey, Tim. Hey, everybody. Tim Streifler here, and you can find me online at timstreifler.com, divilife.com, and the newly launched wpthepodcast.com. Glad you're here, Tim. <laughs> Thanks. All right. My name is David Blackman with Aspen Grove Studios, Divi Space, WP the Podcast. Tim and I co-host that newly launched podcast and um believe it or not we, we just recorded episode 50 didn't we tim <laughs> seemed like we launched it yesterday wp the podcast is a daily podcast so i, I don't know why i'm going off into you know the beaten <laughs> path here but uh but i yeah, did let's, let's use the rest of this episode to talk about wp the podcast yeah no <laughs> and and, uh, and tim's haircut is trending yeah tim's haircut's trending <laughs> All right. I want to try something different tonight since we had four. Don't worry about muting your microphones. Let's go unmuted and let people jump in and do their thing and stuff. So um, tonight we're going to talk about the value of getting feedback. And I think there's some misconceptions about whether or not you should have testimonials, whether or not you should allow people to comment on your social media pages, your website, because fear of, you know, bad reviews or some, you know, internet trolls. The good news is, is that we're, we're probably, hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll have a better understanding of why you may want to, you know, have customer feedback in the form of testimonials or something available to customers and stuff. So um, we're going to kind of cover a bunch of stuff. One of the first, obviously, is testimonials. I don't know if you guys want to jump in and talk about 
why you think it's valuable, and then we can dive off into specific little segments such as testimonials, you know, yeah. and so on. General feedback as well. Yeah. Like it'd be yeah. good to talk about just generally, yeah. not like official feedback, but, you know, yeah. we get feedback all along the journey of, our, you know, we'll send them like a design concept and you get feedback on that or you'll get feedback along the way or you get feedback at the end that, you know, or do oh, you have wow. like a proper, proper feedback thing? Like some people have proper forms that they send at the end, which I would like to do but I don't have, but some sort of questionnaire that kind of says, how did you find this part and this part and this part? I think you so just made thing. my mind go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it seems like. It seems like so many people are focused on the cl the client or customer briefing and gathering the data up front that they neglect to get it uh, after the fact, after the project's done. Um, yeah. Yeah, so and like it's Sarah probably saying, the most important bit because you're going to learn how to change things for the next time. Yeah. And I, I feel like there's really almost like two different kinds of feedback we could talk about today. One is feedback that you use just for your internal purposes of you know what you should change. Um, you know, what you could do better. And then the, like the testimonial type feedback, which is more for gaining new clients or new customers. Um, and, yeah. and I think the, the value I was going to jump in and say, um, it, it's social proof, you know, these days with, with the internet, people want to um, make sure that they're going to buy something that is credible. So like, if you think of Amazon and Yelp, like both of those platforms are fueled by reviews and yeah. um like I, I, when i go to a new city i don't go to any restaurant or coffee shop unless it's like well reviewed on yelp and then i don't buy any products on amazon unless it has like at least four stars uh usually yeah. four and a half or higher um and so i kind of think it like for web design businesses it's it's similar um you know there's not one central, you know, Yelp type of thing maybe there should be for reviewing um web designers but uh if you can display real customer feedback either on your website directly or have it on your Facebook page, something that shows people that, hey, I'm not going to just take your money and run. I'm, I'm credible. I do great work. And if these people say so. You know what? You just – that's a great idea. So if somebody wants to run with that idea, <laughs> we don't have any bandwidth. But I bet if somebody created a review site for web developers – globally and got, you know, it, there would be a value there. So yeah. I'm glad that we've talked about two separate ways of, of customer feedback, two different types, obviously yeah. testimonials and then, you know, experience along the journey where they can help improve your workflow. So why don't we tackle, we'll separate them. We'll talk about one and then we'll move to the other. Um, is there a preference that you guys, I, I, th I think workflows probably good one to start off and then, end with testimonials and stuff and why you want to do those reviews? How do you guys feel about that? Sounds great. Sure. So what are some of the benefits of getting customer feedback along the way other than maybe improving your process is probably the, the number one reason why you would want to do it. Yeah, I think at least for me, um, sometimes it's hard to tell if the client is nice or if they're like being um, I mean, cause there's some people that they're not going to like complain or bring something forward if they had like a difficult time, like maybe the, the process of, of giving content or, you know, whatever didn't go so smoothly. Um, and they, they were a little bit confused. They might not bring that up, 
um, and let you know like, hey, you could probably improve this process. And so kind of being intentional about reaching out to your clients after the fact to get testimonials, I think is, is, is crucial. Yeah, it's a tricky yeah. one because if you, uh, like we'll go to the later, the official testimonials, but if you're asking for a testimonial, they're most likely to give you a good testimonial, which is a positive thing, right? Like you want a good testimonial. But if you actually want real feedback on how it really went, um, I've seen that done in a number of different ways. Like there's some people who've used like a, um, what's that, Survey Monkey, like one of those kind of serv- services where you have like just general questions of like maybe split up the process into sections and how did you find the process of communicating with me or with using the um, project management software I use or with um, getting the stuff to me or whatever it is. Um, I've also had an experience where someone else called me and asked me how my experience was working with this person. So it was for a content writer and they had someone else in their staff call me and ask me the question. So I wasn't talking directly to the person themselves, um, which had its benefits because I wasn't talking directly to them, but I still felt like I was talking directly to them. Um, And I think there's that awkwardness where most people feel tentative about giving negative feedback. Um, And I feel tentative about asking for feedback because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that people didn't like working with me. I don't, I don't want to know <laughs> that they didn't like it. But it's been every time I've received uh, critical criticism, it's been really helpful because it's changed the way that I've actually done things in future times with clients. Um, so I think the benefit of it is that it can actually make you better at your job. But you have to be prepared that then it's not all going to be nice. And you probably need to ask in a way that isn't just, can I have a testimonial? Because people know that you're looking for something positive. They need to know you're looking for the real experience of what it was like working with you so that they can be honest and let you know what was good and what could have been better. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, because if people know that it's something that that's going to be seen publicly, they like, well... They did such a good job. I don't want to say anything negative, but it's yeah. like, no, I want, I want something, you know, that's something that I could improve upon. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a really great point. Yeah. I, so I, I think, for that. Sorry. That's right. Yeah. I think, I think test like, you know, testimonials, asking a customer to give you a testimonial is, is definitely going to be sugarcoated. So or none without a doubt, the most honest, brutal feedback and valuable feedback you're going to get is via like, like a support forum. Um, if, if you're running products or even if you have a, a large number of clients, you, you can have a support form um, where, you know, instead of your clients emailing you directly, have them, have them open up a ticket for whatever reason within that support channel, people are like just brutally honest. And it's not stuff you're going to take and like, you know, put on your website and display to the public. But if you really want that like valuable um, feedback of people like not holding back, then that's going to come in the form of, of, uh, of support. And it's not always, you know, support tickets aren't always open when the customer is like absolutely frustrated. And as a last resort, um, a lot of customers will open a support ticket even just to make like product or service uh, suggestions. I, I've noticed um, they, they'll give us feedback on the UX of our, of our website. Um, as far as our products go, it's absolutely invaluable. 
are, you know, the number one way that you find a bug in a product is going to be from the people, you know, the hundreds of people out there using it and reporting into your support forums. And, and maybe while you have them in there and you're, and you're talking to them about uh, an issue, something they're having a hard time figuring out, uh, ask them how you can improve that. Because a lot of times, you know, to us, the answer is written like right on the wall. Oh, hey, you just do this, 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 and there it is. But if you start noticing a pattern of people having a hard time understanding uh, something about your product or service, then use that as feedback and implement it, uh, you know, in, in, into your uh, into your company's products. Yeah, I want to say that um, not only is, you know, having that ability to give clients feedback and stuff along the process, but it also can benefit and help you with evaluating your staff. So, you know, they're going to, you know, we have a phenomenal support person, Pablo. A lot of people know Pablo. He's active in the community and stuff. Awesome. What's up, Pablo? Right now, too. <laughs> Pablo, yeah. Pablo is, uh, I mean, he's Pablo. He's great. You know, people love him. So, uh, but, but you can also find out the chinks in your armor, you know, when you start, you know, getting feedback from customers and stuff, it's a good way to evaluate your, your staff and your employees and stuff at the same time, because if a customer's, you know, not happy along the way and they give that feedback, wherever that is in your workflow and stuff, it's a, it's a good way to evaluate employees as well. Um, not to, to change the subject, uh, I wanted to circle back to uh, something Sarah mentioned about the survey. Um, and I, I like what, what you were saying, Corey, about the support forums. People are brutally honest. And I think um, uh, surveys, when they're anonymous, can also be very, um, people can be really honest as well because people are nice and they, they like to sugarcoat things, even if they know that it's only you and it's not you know going to go public. It's like, oh, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, you know, like they did, they did good, like they could, you know. So I think uh, just throwing out an idea here, and this is something I want to start doing, I was kind of thinking about it as, as we were discussing, is at the end of the year, do a, a mass email with a survey link to, to all my clients saying, you know, be a part of the, the survey along with all of our other clients so they know that it's not just coming to them so that it's truly anonymous, other people are filling it out. Uh, and that way they can give feedback um, and not just a a, um, a general, you know, like leave me feedback, but like actual questions that target specific parts of the workflow, uh, specific parts of like the customer journey, um, because it's really hard for, for clients to like um, to just like leave a general like thing of feedback and actually have it be useful. But if you kind of, um, you know, you're. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I guess uh, tailor it, of, tailor it. Yeah, tailor it to um, you know the the different parts of the customer journey. Then I feel like they're a lot more likely to be able to give you something useful because um, you're kind of prompting them, um, you know, for for feedback on that that specific part of of the client experience. Yeah, it's good because you're getting the feedback that you want on the particular thing, but it's also sparking their memory. Like when people ask me, yeah. "How was your experience at like some shop or something?" I can Very never, generous. I can barely remember like being there. But if someone said, like, you know, did they ask you this specific question or um, how was this particular part of the transaction, then it sparks your memory a little bit more. So you're going to get a more accurate um, 
bit of feedback, but it's also going to make it easier for them because I like I think it's hard to give feedback. So if people are asking you really specific questions, it's going to help you. And then having the open-ended question at the end where if you haven't asked them a specific question but there's something they really want to say, then you're giving them the chance to do that. But my one advice would be don't make it too long because I have been given surveys before and they're just too long and I get halfway through it and I just feel like I can't be bothered. (laughs) It's just too effing long. No, I'm done. And then I just like quit out. So my advice would be if you're going to make up a survey, make it maybe five questions, like something that's really quick, snappy, ask them a couple of things specifically and then leave them with them with an open ended question. And then at that point you just leave it. Don't go too long because people won't want to do it. Great tips. I think this is a good point to kind of segue into, you know, getting customer feedback and why it may be valuable in the form of social media comments, website reviews, testimonials, that kind of stuff. So, you know, um, I'm not going to talk about it. I'll let Corey talk about how our day started off today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I got up this morning. I'm kind of hanging out with the kids a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of, kind of keeping an eye on my phone, make sure nothing major comes up. And I see this review come in. A uh, person that bought a product. It's a, it's a shared product between several of us developers. And, um, you know, gave us a one-star review and basically he was saying uh, he's asked, you know, all these things and he can't find out what he's doing and nobody's getting back to him. So I search around for this customer. I can't find any tickets or anything that he's opened in the past. And uh, so, so finally uh, Pablo kind of does a bit of detective work and he finds out it's this guy who had literally just opened a support ticket yesterday. We've been in contact with him going back and forth um, so through us, through us not getting defensive and, uh, you know, going, going maybe with our, with our immediate, uh, instincts, we were able to just, you know, be nice and polite to the guy, help him out in the support form, get his issue fixed. And he went back, uh, to, he went back to his review and changed it to a five star and, um, all is right in the world. But yeah, certain days start out like that, you know, just, uh, <laughs> just jump jump out of bed and go to go to put out a fire in support or with with a customer so bottom line is be nice yeah i i feel like some people feel that they need to make noise in the form of like public social media negative reviews in order to get support and it's like it suddenly doesn't happen in the exact way that they wanted or expected, then they, that's what like they resort to. Cause that's, they think that that's how they're going to be heard. And what this guy expected was apparently a response <laughs> in five minutes. And you know, he freaked out. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like I've, I've seen that a lot where, where people will like, um, yeah, not get the answer they're looking for and then go and vent on social media, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it sucks when you're at the other end of that. You're like, well, that's not the whole story, you know. It, so yeah, I've had it happen where not not someone went and like left a negative review or anything, but wrote like on my public Facebook page where it could be seen by other people, like complaining. And it's like, yeah, well, or, or sometimes within some of the groups I, I've seen. And and the nice part about yeah. that is is your customer base that knows you have good support that are happy usually come to your defense and, oh, and they'll yeah. say like. Did you open a support ticket? Okay, well, open a support ticket. They'll, they'll get to you. Yeah. Um, 
So it's, yeah. so it's nice to have that that loyal customer base to kind of monitor things and come to your defense when somebody might be jumping the gun. Absolutely. We're talking about negative stuff that could, you know, you can obviously turn to positive no matter what, you know, I grew up in the generation where the customer's always right mentality. I don't really know that that's really the same philosophy today. You know, it seems like it's evolved a little bit um, since I was young, <clears throat> but I want to mention something specifically as it relates to negative comments and stuff with social media, websites, you know, Google is this big machine. Facebook is this big machine and they have algorithms and, and they can't really tell whether or not this is a, I mean, they don't care. They can tell. They don't care what the text says. They care that the text is there. So if somebody is leaving a review or feedback, a comment, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. So you may not want to shy away from not. This is one of the pluses of turning on, activating notifications, comments, reviews, that type of stuff. Because the more engagement that your posts get on social media, the more engagement that your your website gets, it means something. That engagement is a value. Google sees that as an authority. This is a hot topic. People are People are talking about it. You know, and it doesn't, they, they don't look at it as, oh, it's, you know, they don't, they're not reading the comments and, oh, it's all good and bad. And, you know, they just see comments. They see a lot of activity going on and, and stuff happening and in, you know, search engines eyes and, and social media's platforms eyes, engagement is good. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, the, the, the thing is, is kind of what Corey was talking about. Try to turn it into a positive be kind, you know, represent your product, but don't automatically delete because somebody gives you a bad comment and stuff. Try to well, talk to You can't to always them. delete, right. can you? Like Facebook, no. you Facebook, can't Facebook, Facebook, Google. Um, yeah, yeah and, and I think most of, the, most of the consumers out there can kind of weed out those, mm -hmm. those bad reviews because people are like, they're way more likely to leave a bad review than a good review. So you have customer A, you have this awesome experience, and, you know, he's, he's extremely happy. You have customer B who had a, you know, subpar experience, maybe not even terrible. But customer B is way more likely to go and leave a bad customer review because those negative emotions just tend to, like, stay with you longer. Um, and, I, I, you know, if, if it's bad enough, which understandably it turns into kind of, kind of uh, you know, a vindictive tone. And, and like Tim was saying, um, you know, people think that going and, and leaving a bad review is going to help turn things around um, more quickly, which in some instances it, it, it very well might. Um, in our instance from this morning, I mean, the guy got handled like any other customer, happy or upset. We've been working with him, and we resolved this issue. As soon as we resolved the issue, uh, everything was fine, and it's a five-star review. So, um, Yeah, I, I think um, when there's – you know, a few not so outstanding reviews mixed in, I think it can show a level of authenticity. Um, you know, cause we've all like looked at products, uh, or Yelp reviews where it's like, I mean, people can smell the BS from a mile away where like every one of them is like super positive, but like pretty vague too, where it's like, okay, they probably just got their friends to go on and, and leave them reviews and stuff. But when it's like, okay, you have four and a half stars, 
and um, you know, 10 of the reviews are just, uh, you know, glowing and great, like giving examples. And, and then one is maybe not so great. Um, well, like Corey said, customers can kind of weed those out and be like, okay, well, 10 of them are good. One of them's not, you know, some people just are, are hard to, um, to make happy. And, and I feel like with, with this generation of reviews with Yelp and Amazon reviews and Google reviews and Facebook reviews and all that, um, I feel like we've gotten, uh, consumers have gotten pretty good at reading reviews and kind of, um, being able to, uh, kind of dissect what, what it actually means. And, and one bad review is like, not like, Oh no, like I'm going to, um, you know, not buy this product, but if you see like, okay, you know, there's like five okay reviews and like five terrible reviews. Well, okay. I'm going to stay away from this. Um, so having, you yeah. know, a couple mixed in, like it shows authenticity in addition to the engagement that David was saying. Yeah. And, and that one bad review, let's say that's mixed in between like 50, you know, if it's product, you figure, okay, it was defective. If it's a, you know, service or something like that, you say, okay, somehow something might have slipped through the crack or, um, this person just has a bad taste in their mouth or something. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's a growing pain too. It's like the more, more clients that you have, the more customers that buy your products, uh, you know, whatever, there's going to be people that just aren't happy. Like I remember like back in the day with elegant themes, every single blog comment, like when they would do like a feature up or a new release for a new theme, it was just like, like, this is so amazing. Like, we love you, blah, blah, blah. And now it's like, there's so many bad ones mixed in. It's like, well, Elegant Themes, uh, Divi is the most popular theme in the world. And so when you're that big, there's going to be people out there that are just very hard to please. Uh, you know, and then on the flip side with the clients, you have a few clients, okay, you know, you're going to be able to keep them happy. But the more clients you have, the more you get out there, the more people you're trying to service, um, chances are there's going to be a few bad apples mixed in. Definitely. So I guess on that topic of like receiving feedback that isn't so lovely, um, there's also the personal side. Like most of us are um, working on our own or in just really small teams. And when you get really bad feedback, it can really hurt. <laughs> um, I think there's research out there that says if um, for every 10 good comments, like you only need one negative comment for them to balance each other kind of thing. So every time you get bad feedback, you almost need like 10 other clients to come to you and say, you're amazing for you not just to feel like your whole world has crashed down. Um, and I think sometimes it can feel like it's compounding and they can be, it can be any sort of feedback. Like it can even just be, I've got a client at the moment who's been sending me emails. Uh, I inherited a logo that I'm having to try and fix a little bit. And it's not going smoothly. And some of the emails I've been getting just have this tone that they're not happy. And for me, I take that really personally. Like there is this part of me that just feels crushed. I feel like I'm doing this terrible job. It's, a, it's an angle of my work that feels a little bit out of my league. Um, and I can tell that they're not happy. But I have all these other clients who are super, super happy with what I'm doing and have been consistently giving me feedback saying that they're really happy with what's going on. But it's really easy to focus on that one bit of feedback that just makes you feel like you are the worst developer in the whole universe and, like, why are you even running this business? All these things can swirl around just from one client and it may not even be that they've been up front and said, I'm not happy with you. It may just be a tone that's coming through their emails that can, can kind of compound. And when you're working on your own, that can feel really lonely, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so... I guess the thing to consider, it's really hard in the moment and like I'm there right now, right? Like 
it's really important to try and remember this is one client and yes you need to do what you can do to help fix this situation but at the same time you have other clients and are they happy and if all of your other clients are happy and it's just one client then you need to work out how you can move forward with that. Can you resolve this situation and get things back on track with that one client? Do you need to actually assess whether this client is just not the right fit for you if it's an ongoing thing? Or is it just a one thing? You, you stuff something up, like you got it wrong, like, you know, put your hand up and admit, I stuffed that up, I didn't do well, I've apologized to the client, I fixed the issue, we've moved on, everything's good. You need to then work out how to let go of it yourself, <laughs> which, isn't always easy. Um, does anyone have any advice yeah, on the how I, I to think, not take it personally? I think you've kind of brought up a, another good reason why you want feedback and, and why it's valuable. Because first of all, you're not going to be a good fit for everybody. It's, it's a good way to find your ideal clients and the type of people that you want to work with. You know, you may find out that you just don't mesh with certain types of businesses or people. And, and that's important. That's, that comes from, you know, client feedback, you know, the negative energy and stuff, no matter what you do, you can't seem to please them. And I don't know that there's a, a magic secret tip or trick to, you know, kind of weed those people out. I think it's a case by case basis and you just got to kind of trust your gut and, and be willing to walk away from them and say, you know what? I don't need the money. It's not super important. My peace of mind and serenity is more important than that paycheck that they're going to give me and stuff and refer them out to someone else. But I, I think you kind of encapsulated one of the most important reasons of why customer feedback is valuable, because not only does it help your future customers to see how you operate as a business and what they have to say about you, but it also allows you to evaluate the types of customers that you want to work with, which you know, produces happy clients, great testimonials, generates more of those types of, you know, that type of buzz. I think great energy, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, you know, attracts mm -hmm. great energy. So, I don't know if I Absolutely. make any sense. And if you let it get you down, then you're going to come across to your other clients in a really down way. And I think, it, I think it is totally right that people draw off your energy. And if you come into then bringing all this negative energy, this sounds like hippie, <laughs> but I don't mean it in this way. But if, you, you know, if you're feeling really down because one client has given you feedback and then you have to switch and go and deal with another client, you're going to bring that with you and you need to work right. out some way of like go out and go for a walk or um, yesterday I was just feeling really mad at the end of the day. I just had a really bad day and my son had said to me, let's go for a little bike ride. And we went for like, it was like 12 minutes. Like it was the smallest bike ride ever, but I came back feeling just that little bit better. And I think there's something about making sure you don't bring one client's interactions into all the rest of your clients because they're going to feel that and they're going to feel like there's something off between you and them. And it may not be that there's anything off between you and them. It was just this one client and you need right. to somehow work out how to segment your emotions about yeah. this one client and make sure it doesn't infect all your other relationships. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Tim. 
Um, I was just going to say, I think most entrepreneurs or freelancers can, can relate to that where it's like this roller coaster and it's like, you know, in the morning you're like on top of the world, ready to start the day. And then you get like this nasty email from a client or from a customer, whatever. And then you're just like, by lunch, you're like, I'm done. Like I'm, I quit. I'm over this. Like I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you get through and then at the end of the day, like a client says something really nice or you like have, you know, a big win, you know, complete a project, you figure out something you were having trouble with or, you know, great customer feedback on a product, whatever. And then it's like, you're on top of the world again. Um, and so I think it kind of goes back to, um, the, uh, burnout episode we did, um, was that 48 two two weeks ago? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where if you're like constantly carrying around all that weight, it can be uh, very defeating. And so you need ways to, you know, cope and kind of unwind and and be able so that you don't get burnt out. And I want to reference one thing. Uh, Myself, David and Corey, uh, we're all at Pressnomics, uh, which is a WordPress (laughs) business conference. And um, I think it was like the first speaker, actually, uh, Jason Coleman of of WordPress paid memberships pro I think that's it where he talked about this thing where like um like basically getting burnt out from uh like negative customer feedback and stuff and it's like he was trying to carry all that weight alone and uh you know it was like you know making his family life suffer his professional life suffer and it was just like too much and then you know once he realized that he couldn't handle that alone you know he was able to delegate out that kind of stuff and i think that can relate to um you know being a, a freelancer a, a client business as well you know uh going again going back to the burnout episode finding ways to, to not try to carry that weight all on your own yeah i i think um for me and and pablo is, is really good at this with our support tickets which, which are a little bit different than the tickets you might get from a client that you're um, building a website for. But one, um, just always try to remember to put yourself in the, in the customer's shoes because they're, everybody's at a different skill level. Everybody's got different deadlines and stresses of their own. So maybe you know a small problem might be to them a huge, a huge problem. And their tone, it, it, it's difficult to read sometimes from, from like an email or like you know, via text. Sometimes I, I think we look at what people write and, and they type out and maybe it's not exactly the tone that they mean to come across and our immediate instinct is to get uh, defensive and, and raise our swords back. So, you know, to me, the best way to handle a support ticket, and, and like I said, Pablo is great at it. I, I'm amazed sometimes uh, at the patience, the patience of, uh, of, of Pablo dealing with uh, some of these difficult people, but just be, be compassionate and kill them with kindness. And, um, if you do that at first and they don't accept it, then, um, yeah, yeah, I think, I think, <laughs> um, a refund or something. Sarah, you know, brought up a, a, a really good point about just taking a 12 minute bike ride and stuff. You know, there's all these cheesy, corny sayings that you hear everywhere. You know, that saying, you know, get some fresh air is meant for that. You know, there is, there's a reason why those corny sayings are around. They come from much longer than we've been existed. It's amazing what getting fresh air will do for your mind. I mean, it'll just clear it, take it away, start over. I like doing do overs. Do overs are great. You know, start, do a do over. So you can start your day over at any time. I don't care if it's five minutes till quitting time. Yeah. Yeah. 
the other thing is like take a deep breath like that's a really common one right like we say it to all our kids like just take 10 deep breaths but (laughs) honestly like i have an app on my phone that it's not specifically for when i'm like really mad but it's the same kind of thing there's something about stopping and stepping away from your computer and just like taking a really deep a few really deep breaths and when you do it with the apps, it's like it makes you focus on the counting. And so you, you can't focus on the two things at the same time. And there's something about just like just stop and like take a deep breath or step away completely and go and listen to your favourite funny podcast or something right. that will completely take you out of where you are in that moment. I think the other thing that's really important to consider is maybe they're having a really bad day. Like maybe their boss is really mad at them because they haven't got their website, whatever, whatever. Like maybe something is going on for that person and they have brought that bad energy with them into their relationship with you and you just don't know. So sometimes you need to be able to take enough perspective away from it and go, okay, have I done something wrong? If the answer is no, then I need to like let this go a little bit. If I have done something wrong, okay, how am I going to resolve this? Is it something I physically need to do? Is it something I can't resolve now? I've stuffed it up in the past, but I can change the way I do it in the future. I can apologize. Kind of look at it a little bit less emotionally in the moment and go, okay, this is the feedback I've received. Can I do anything about it? Can't I do anything about it? What can I do about it? Once it's all dealt with, then letting it go and moving on, taking with it what you've learned, but just somehow working out how to let, let it go and move on from it. Which yeah. is easier said than done. And I, I'm going to agree with the deep breaths and the walk. Um, but if it's if it's something that you know a client is really unhappy or a customer is really unhappy, get back. And I, I'm going to use another corny saying: uh, eat, eat the frog, get it taken yeah. care of. Because otherwise, you don't want you don't want like a bad um, some bad feedback or an angry customer like festering in your mind all day. So if, if you get back from cooling off a little bit, think about it get back and deal with it. That way it's not bogging you down and you're thinking about it. And sometimes you can actually tend to even get more upset about it. So just, you know, return from taking your deep breaths, your yoga, meditation, uh, whatever it might be, and, and come back and deal with that issue. It's, it's going to make the rest of your day a whole lot better. Plus yeah. the customer is going to be happy that they were responding to it in a timely manner. Yeah, I yeah. think I think you made a really good point, Corey. A cool off period first, because I know when I like read like a you know something a customer <laughs> said, you know, it, I'm just like you know want to like hammer the keyboard and stuff. But it, once I like <laughs> take you know deep breaths, you know, take a walk, whatever, come back, then I'm like you know way more like you know you know I'm so sorry you feel that way, but you know way more <laughs> professional and, and everything. And so yeah, it's, that's I think is key. A cool off period. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this has been some really, really good reasons of why you want, you know, why customer feedback's valuable on all levels. Obviously, the the obvious stuff is so that you can attract new clients and testimonials and, you know, five star reviews and positive feedback's great and everything. And it does, it does help you. You know, I mean, those are, if you're not doing that, get testimonials from your clients. Put them on your website. They work, you know. Um, just like we started off this episode, Tim was talking about Yelp and Amazon, and it's no different with websites these days. They're going to look at those reviews. They're going to they're going to check them out. You know, obviously, you as the website owner control what goes on your website. So, 
don't put a bad review on there because we're saying bad reviews aren't necessarily bad all the time. We're talking about social media where you can't really do anything about it. Um, showcase your, your happiest clients and stuff. Um, you know, so that, so that customers can see that you do a great job and stuff. So is there any things that we've missed that we want to talk about and stuff? Do you guys feel? I think there might be, there might be a couple of uh, questions in the, in the chat. Why don't you go ahead and ask them? Yeah. Um, let me see. Tim, what were you going to say? Go ahead. I was going to say looking. maybe we can talk about some tips on how to obtain uh, reviews, testimonials from clients. Because I know uh, you might have a really happy customer and and ask them for a a testimonial, um, and you know they might have every intention of doing it, but then they're very busy with their business, and so it just doesn't happen. So maybe we can talk about some some tips, tip, strategies tip to number it. one, don't launch their website until they give you a review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Don't do that people. Yeah. Uh, I've not. seen, I've seen certain companies, uh, incentivize, um, feedback, you know, leave a review and, you know, get entered for, you know, for an iPad. It doesn't say leave a positive review. And I, I don't think that you have to make it a positive review, but some companies will incentivize that it's, it's a uh, anonymous feedback leave your feedback and, you know, perhaps that makes you more prone to, to actually leave a review. So if you're in the process of needing to collect as many reviews as possible, want to turn up your percentage of people who are giving feedback, that's, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Uh, you're not necessarily like bribing people to give you a, a good review. So. And, and one thing that I've done and I, I'll admit it was more in the interest of trying to launch my, my new website, I don't know how long, three, four years ago. And so I just needed to get some testimonials on there. I took, um, you know, feedback that a client said to me on the website that I built for them, you know, Hey, like, this is great, Tim. I love this, blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much. You know, I'm so happy with it. And I emailed them and said, Hey, you said this right here. You sent this to me in email. Is it okay if I copy this and put it on my website as a testimonial? And that way, there's no extra work for them. They're like, oh, sure, yeah. Um, and um, I think sometimes it can even uh, get them to then give you like a more formal review. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can, but here's this instead. Um, you can use this. You know, I can give you a, you know, a better review. Um, but then also, when you do have those, uh, those occasional reviews on your site that are like, you know, not written in the typical like testimonial fashion, I feel like that can, you know, again, make it a little more authentic, um, you know, showing the more of the, uh, what is it? Second person instead of the third person, um, narrative. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that could be a, a good strategy because it's easy to, to get the thumbs up from the client opposed to having them do something. And another thing I want to throw out there is there happens to be a really good tool out there for obtaining and displaying testimonials. It's a product called Testify <laughs> by, by uh, Divi's Face and Aspect of Studio. Man, that sounds awesome. Who makes that product? I've never, never, never heard of it, man. And uh, just to be clear, uh, we did not, they didn't have me bring this up. I'm, I'm bringing it up because it's a great tool and I've, I've used it. And it is. It. I've used it as well. I've used it on a um, real estate website and it's fabulous. It makes it look really uh, professional and I definitely agree with that. And I am not an affiliate. <laughs> I am an affiliate if you use this lamp. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Streifler, W you know, slash Tim Streifler. Um, so so here's a good question um from the chat. 
where do you guys draw the line? No matter what you've done, they ask for more or complain. At what point do you cut the line? Um, for me personally, the, the one thing I absolutely do not tolerate is um, somebody in our support forum disrespecting um, our team, which, which is namely Pablo. If somebody's cussing at him, calling him names, being totally disrespectful, here's a refund. We don't want to do business with you. There's, you don't have to be nasty to, to get, to, you know, to get um, what you're looking for and, and what you need. You're, you're, you're better off. Not that if somebody's upset, we're not going to help them, but just go into it, realize, you know, we're, we're dealing with it with uh, issues as well and multiple tickets. We're helping you as quickly as we can, but the, the minute somebody starts cursing and being disrespectful, they're cut off. And then unreasonable demands, like, I want a refund plus, uh, you know, $200 for my last time, which, you know, is <laughs> obviously not going to happen. And uh, so, so there's unreasonable requests as well as where we draw the line. Yeah. And I think it's tricky. Like, I mean, you guys are talking about products, right? So then there's also the question of at what point do you decide that a client um, is not going to be the right ongoing client for you? And I think that's a really tricky line. Like when you're receiving feedback, it could be that you're receiving feedback because they were hoping for something different. And maybe that's not what you do and then at some point you need to make the decision because they're probably not going to make it they've already invested money into it and you need to be the one who makes that decision of I just don't think we're the right fit and then you have to work out how much of a refund do you give them i um i have just just yesterday decided to give someone a refund of time even though i had spent three hours on the job i decided that i really wanted to leave the relationship in a good place we just weren't the right fit. Someone else was going to be a better fit for the job and I was able, due to my network, I was able to actually hand that over to someone within our network, which is fabulous. But I wanted to leave. It wasn't that I was angry at this person and it wasn't that they were angry at me. We weren't the right fit. There was, it was clear that I needed to make that call and I chose to lose out on that and give the full refund so that they could move over without having lost anything. Um, I almost wish I'd made that decision earlier but there's a moment where you have to be the one that makes that decision. And maybe you've missed the moment. You've missed the ideal moment to say, okay, we need to cut our losses here and say, this isn't working. Maybe you missed that moment. It's still maybe worth pulling out and losing out some money halfway through rather than getting right to the end where everybody's ha really unhappy and the client is giving you really negative public feedback it's better off to be tracking it along the way and be getting that regular feedback along the way to work out, you know what, I don't, I just don't think this is going where it needs to go. We need to resolve this midway, not right at the end when they start yelling loudly to the whole world about how unhappy they are. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Tim. I was going to say, and I think um, like for me, w what that point is, is when the stress outweighs, you know, the benefit of, the the paycheck uh yeah. you know and it's just like you get because everyone has like their their breaking point where they're like i don't even care about the paycheck you know just like, <laughs> get it off. like i just want to be done with this and so if you can kind of figure out like if that time's approaching then you know that's where you draw the line and i think it's as david says a lot like you kind of have to just go with your gut and that comes with experience and um you know unfortunately sometimes that means learning a few lessons the hard way and, um, you know, getting to the point where the next time around, okay, you know, you can kind of see those red flags and, and, you know, see it early on to be able to, you know, cut ties and, and so forth. 
Yeah, I have a, um, I, I guess you could call him a mentor. He's uh, um, somebody that I talk to on a regular basis. And several years ago, probably about 10 years ago, we, we had breakfast every morning. And, you know, when we sat down, we're having coffee that this one morning, he said something that just totally changed my world. Um, you know, we were talking about negative responses to situations. And he said, you know, he said, you need to learn, you know, to have a healthy response as opposed to an unhealthy reaction. And as soon as he said that statement, it's like my whole life flashed before my eyes. And I could see when I was faced with a negative situation that I reacted every time. I did not pause, keep my mouth shut, step back, take a deep breath, take a walk, do some of the things that we talked about here. I, I hate to say it, but almost all the time I reacted like Tim was talking about when the negative comments come and you want to jump in there and you want to start defending yourself and stuff. And um, for whatever reason, that statement, so maybe it'll help some viewers out there, um, just had a huge impact on me uh, to where I just started trying not to react, taking a step back. And, and he said another thing, which was KMS. You know, and I was like, what the heck is KMS? He's like, keep <laughs> mouth shut. <laughs> I totally thought that was yeah. not that. I thought it was kiss my. Yeah, kiss my stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was KMS. What starts with an S? Yeah, he had those two things. He said KMS and, you know, learn how to have a, a healthy response as opposed to an unhealthy reaction. And, uh, I got to tell you, it changed my life. It really did in regards to dealing with negative feedback and stuff, because, um, you know, I don't re react. You know, I used to I used to react quite a bit. <laughs> um, so, maybe yeah, it's, it's human nature just to come to your defense immediately. And yeah, but it's not the best, not always the best option, not the best option ever, I don't think. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I feel like sometimes people they're they're wanting you to react you know they're they're you know they're angry and they they want you know to express that and they want you to come back with with some sort of reaction so that they know they got to you maybe that's uh, you know not always the case you know with business um but i know you know in the, the personal world it definitely is uh, people like they want to see that you react and when you don't react you're not giving them that satisfaction and so you know if you respond to an email you know in a very professional way you know without emotion um, then you're not giving them the benefit and, you know, you can hopefully turn that around to they're like, okay, yeah, you're right. Um, and something that, that David said to me, <laughs> that's always stuck with me is don't pick up the rope. And I'm not <laughs> sure if it like perfectly applies to, to uh, this topic it, with it customer does. feedback, it but it can, yeah. Where, you know, if someone's saying something negative, you know, a negative review, negative comment, whatever, and you want to be like, you know, don't pick up the rope. Um, you know, what's what's the end of that? Because you're only hanging yeah, yourself. There's a lot, oh yeah, well, there's a lot of people that are laying rope out there constantly. They're wanting you to engage with them. They're wanting you to have a, some type of negative response. They're trying to elicit it. So if you can KMS, keep your mouth shut, you know, learn that that tactic, you won't be, you know, engaging in that negative confrontation. And, and, and find and find somebody to talk to it about if, if it's if it's a really 
uh, heated situation. Uh, David and I are really good about, you know, David will call me and he goes, all right, before I respond, I just need to talk, you know, t talk me off the ledge is, is what he always <laughs> says. Um, so we'll talk and, and, you know, once, once you get that out and you verbalize what the issue is, then, then how you should handle it becomes a lot more clear. So if you don't have a business partner, find, you know, find somebody in your industry, a friend, um, heck, I don't know, maybe even talk to your dog. You just say it out loud. Um, <laughs> Doug, get David, over here. <laughs> David's called me and he's like, I need you to talk me off the ledge. I already <laughs> talked to Corey and he's angry too. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Got so a so partner. Find somebody externally. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good tip. If you've got a partner yeah. and you're both pissed, go outside of your company before you respond. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's been a great episode. I think we've talked a lot about, you know, why there is a value in, you know, getting customer feedback, even when it's negative and stuff. Hopefully you've learned some stuff. Any, uh, shall we do parting thoughts for this episode of Divi chat? Anybody else yeah, want to sure. say anything before uh, we do it? Okay, good. Uh, well, I, one thing I wanted to say just was that, um, someone in the chat said, which I don't think we specifically said, but if you want to get feedback, it's really useful to make up some sort of email that has like a link. So you're sending it to them and saying, Hey, I hope you've had like, or if someone says, Oh, this is, you know, I love my new website. And being able to write back to them and say, hey, that's fantastic. Here's a link to my Facebook page. Would you mind giving me a review? Or here's a link to my Google um, reviews. Would you right. mind giving me a review? So make it really, really easy where all they have to do is click and they're there and they can do it and they don't have to think too hard. The more pain you can take out of the process for them, the more likely they're going to do it. And I'm going to give one final shameless plug for Testify that was not talked about and a lot of people don't know about. We've built Testify with front-end submission. So it allows you to create the form that our live viewers are watching now to create that ability for clients to immediately fill that out, leave their testimonial, it goes into a queue, and then you approve it, you know, and then you can add it to your site and stuff. So it kind of you know, what Sarah's talking about and stuff. It's, it's, it's a great way. So the only benefit of testify versus a standard form is that it'll adopt the styling that you already have set up on your website for your testimonials. And it's just a click of a button and it puts it in there with all your other stuff. So, Boom. um, yeah, so we're going to do parting thoughts and I'm going to start with my good buddy, Tim. Ah, darn it. <laughs> I was trying to figure it out my sorry Tim <laughs> um, I'm gonna say uh, you know talking about on the the client side because um, I, I would say the majority of our audience um, that's how they use Divian WordPress is, is doing clients um, don't be afraid of negative feedback um, because that's how you're going to grow uh, you know no not every company uh, has perfect feedback, a perfect, uh, review score. And, um, that, that's how you can, um, uh, learn from it, continue on. And, um, yeah, I was a little unprepared for my parting thoughts. So <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> I gotta keep, I gotta mix it up, Tim. I gotta I know. give other people. I knew you were going to go with me first and I was like, <laughs> what is it? What's <laughs> well, that's okay. You, you gave some great stuff throughout the episode. So, and you, gave great parting thoughts too so, so totally bombed at the end i'm jumping to you because i'm gonna yeah um you know my advice is is feedback whether negative or positive is 
the most useful thing that you're going to get as, as a solopreneur, entrepreneur, business owner. Take it, catalog it, learn from it. Um, for us, it comes in the form of, uh, you know, comments about our website. If somebody had trouble finding something, there was a problem with the path to purchase and uh, product bugs and product improvements. So don't let that stuff go to the wayside and, and waste it. It's extremely valuable. Catalog it, research it, think about it. And uh, it's, it's just going to help improve your, 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 your products and your overall process. So. Boom. Sarah. Uh, my parting thought is don't be afraid to check in with your clients along the journey. So don't just wait for the end, but along the way, be checking in regularly and making sure, I guess in the way that you're asking questions along the way, make sure you're asking in a way where you can be getting a feel for, are they really happy with how it's progressing so that you can be fixing things along the way. So that at the end, they end up with a product that they're really happy with and they're not just having these niggling things hanging around in the moment, making sure you're giving opportunities all the time that there is open space for them to give you feedback along the way if there's something that there isn't sitting right with them. Awesome, 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 awesome. And Tim, don't feel bad because I'm sitting here and I'm last and I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking about my parting thoughts and it's like, well, we've kind of covered it all. We've talked yeah. about everything that I want to say and I don't want to reiterate something again just to say it again um just been a really really good episode and i i think if i'm going to say anything it's um well i'm not going to say anything i think we've said it all in the episode here's what i will say give us some feedback boom head on over to divi.chat leave us some comments on our site let us know how we're doing we really love the feedback that we get on the live show. If you're listening to this on iTunes audio later, we do this at Tuesday Central Time, 5.30 p.m. Every Tuesday, and we do it live on YouTube. So come on over, join the conversation, and give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Um, leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you find it valuable. That's how other people find us. And Man, I didn't think I had any parting thoughts, but <laughs> we, we, we've, had, we've had a request for uh, the topic for next week. All right, let's see what's the request. I just want to know what the topic is next week. Oh, topic for next week. Let me see if we will hold on. Let me let me grab it for you real quick. Uh, let's see here. Um, topic for next week you? is. Pricing reveal on websites. Yes, no, should you do it? Maybe, I, maybe, or no way, Jose. Pros and cons. <laughs> I don't know. This was actually the topic. Last week. Is that going to be the title episode? Well, this was, this, was, this was brought up by one of our live viewers also, yeah. you know, and it's uh, last week, pr yeah. pricing reveal on websites, you know, um, should you do it, the pros and cons of it. So that's what we'll be And they brought it up week. because they were saying most of us don't have our prices on the website. And yeah. I guess they were asking the question for well, why don't you? But we're not, some people do. So yeah. I'm going to chat right. about that. I, I, I have in the past, so we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> All right. Well, saying whether I have or have not, because I will wait until <laughs> next week. <laughs> don't, don't. The suspense Very is killing good. me. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks everybody for joining another episode of Divi Chat, episode 50. Congrats on 50. Uh, Woohoo! Two more and we will have done it for a full year, 52 weeks. Wow. So, um, head on over to Divi.chat, check out episode 50 show notes. 
even though Leslie's not here, we're still going to have show notes from Miss Leslie Bernal. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next week, we're going to see you guys then. See you later, everybody. See you later. Bye-bye.